This episode is powered by Safety FM. The Crucial Talks Podcast with your host, Mike Saddam. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Crucial Talks Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Saddam. Now, I know a lot of you out there are just like me. We're taught that working hard, grinding it out every day, this is the way to success. The harder we work, the less hours we sleep, the more time we spend pushing ourselves, that's the key to success. A lot of us have heard that. We've grown up with that. Now, don't get me wrong. I truly believe that hustling and hard work is good. But I also think that we sometimes are just doing these things to do things. We aren't strategic about what we're doing. Not only that, but I know that I personally have done things and focused on things that didn't really get me anywhere. It's like a slow car with a loud exhaust. It seems like it's doing a lot, but it really isn't getting us anywhere. Now, today's guest is Pradeep Sangha. His goal is to help people get what they want from their work without losing their sanity, their personal life, or their freedom. Now, I'm really looking forward to talking with him and learning more about how he helps people be more effective in their work, just because I know I can get a lot of benefit from it, and I know you can too. So without further ado, let's welcome Pradeep Sangha to the Crucial Talks podcast. How are you doing today, Pradeep? I'm great, thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me on. No, I think this is going to be awesome because I think the things that you hit are really important to everybody. It really doesn't matter if they're an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, if they're working in government, if they're working in somebody else's corporation. I think a lot of us deal with these issues of being effective in what we do and not losing our sanity. So before we get started, can you tell us just a little bit about you and why you're so passionate about what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, first of all, I'm a husband and a, and a father of a beautiful family. That's that's really my passion is my family spending time with them, and I, I truly believe that that's what life is about is spending time with the people around you, enjoying the things that you love to do in life. And I think so many people miss out on that these days and are stuck in the hustle and grind, and really forget what the whole purpose and meaning of life is. So, I've um, well, where do I start? I, I, was, I grew up in a small town in Canada and I out on an orchard. My parents immigrated here and I literally grew up on an orchard living a life of just watching trees and fruits grow, and really experiencing something that a lot of people don't experience these days, which is just true peace and bliss and, and mindfulness. Uh, I also grew up in the academic and corporate world as well because my parents said to me, Hey, look, we don't want you to work hard like we, we had to. We don't want you to be suffer, you know, suffering and challenged. So get a great education, become you know, successful from that standpoint. So I went to school, went into the corporate world. I was a successful executive when I literally walked in one day and I quit because I was absolutely miserable. I was very successful, had everything laid out for me, and I thought I was living the dream. But inside, I just was not feeling like this was meant for me. And I think a lot of times people, whether it's men or women, get stuck living a life that other people expect them to live. And that wasn't something that I wanted to do. So I literally just walked into work. I quit. Everybody thought I was crazy. They're like, what are you doing? You're just throwing your entire life away. Um, but it just so happened at that time, I was also coaching entrepreneurs and business owners on the side to really help them be more effective, not only in their business, but in their life as well. And so that's really where it stemmed from. And I, I, I haven't looked back since. 
And uh, another reason why I'm so passionate is because as I started to work with entrepreneurs to help them grow their business, I very soon found out that it wasn't the business strategies and tactics that was holding them back. It was everything to do with self-mastery. It was everything to do with their level of energy, their thought patterns, as well as their emotional states. And so it just so happens one of my passions is also neuroscience and performance psychology and mindfulness. And so I have studied those for decades and I soon found out that 80% of the work that I was doing was nothing to do with business strategies. It was everything to do with getting people to master themselves. And that has been my mission ever since. Uh, About six months ago, I lost my father very suddenly from a heart attack. And that just gave me even more drive because my father was an entrepreneur. He wasn't the hustle type, but he, he passed away working hard. He didn't reach his 65th birthday because that, that for him was the milestone where he wanted to really stop. He, he has his, or he had an orchard. So he, he was obviously an entrepreneur and his goal was to really hit that 65 year old mark. So he could just, you know, take his foot off the gas and say, now I just want to enjoy life and experience travel, spend time with family. He never got to do that. He never got to that point where he could just enjoy life to the fullest. And so that really gave me some more drive to say, there's so many people out there that are experiencing that today, whether you have your own business or not, just the everyday average person today with a family, with work, with the pressures of technology, with everything that's happening today, it's really about getting people to live life to the fullest. And, and people ask me all the time, you know, what's the purpose of life? And my simple answer is really to live it to the fullest. And so that's what I help people do. Well, and I, I think a lot of us can relate to that. I mean, personally, yeah, I lost my, my father also, and he was 67 at the time. And I think that really does have an impact on people because when we, we see that personal level of, of loss and, and we learn so much for our parents, we have this great respect for them. And I know I learned a lot from my dad. He was like my hero. And it really does come down to a self-realization, which is, one of the main points I think you talked about that was pretty awesome was the fact that what you found isn't a approach people needed to adopt. It wasn't, hey, use this business plan. It wasn't seven steps to uh, better marketing or five steps to your million dollars. It was about self-mastery, their thought patterns, their emotional states. And, and that's where I think it's pretty valuable for, for everybody because I think a lot of people fall into this rut where we have a number of roles we play. Most of the time, we assign ourselves those roles, but it seems like what you experienced was you were playing this role, you were successful at this role, but the role wasn't fulfilling in your life, even, even though you were very successful in making money and that sort of thing. But what a lot of people, I think, get trapped by is they have a role they play that everybody else thinks they have to play. And this really drives us to maybe stay where we don't want to or stay in a place where we're not feeling purposeful. Is that kind of what you went through and and what really drove you to try to help people become more self-aware of what's driving them? Yes, absolutely. I think that was exactly what happened to me. I was living a life that other people expected me to live and just society as a whole. I was a successful executive. I, I, I was told that I had it all. Uh, but it wasn't for me. I, I always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I always wanted to help people more. 
at a deeper level. And in the corporate world, I was kind of stuck from that perspective. So yes, I just made that leap of faith that so many people don't do. Um, but it's such an, a, an amazing feeling, even though there's a sense of fear around it, a sense of uncertainty. But that's what life is really about, is really stepping out of your norm. Because people create norms for you. Society creates norms for you. And I think that's really what we, what we uh, focus on here at The Male Entrepreneur, the work that we do is, is really helping people break out of their shell and really live a life to the fullest from that perspective. Because here's, here's something I realized real, real fast was people talk about time being the most important asset that a person has. And I have to take it from a completely different perspective. It's actually energy because you can have all the time in the world, but if you don't have that energy, if you don't have that emotional state to really enjoy life, to actually execute on what you're trying to do within that time period, you're not going to be as effective. And so how many times, uh, you know, you talked about something, which is, do we really, most people don't actually map out their life, their personal life in terms of what they want to achieve, how they want to live, or what kind of emotions do they want to experience? That's something, that's the first thing I sit down and I talk to. Um, It's kind of interesting when I do this with people is I sit down and I'll tell them, okay, what kind of emotional state do you want to be in in 20 years? What are the top five emotions? And they look at me like, what are you talking about? You're here to help me grow my business. And my whole point to them is I can help them grow their business, but if they're not going to get to that level of being happy, then there's no point in growing their business because they'll just continue to do the activities. And five years down the road, they're going to realize that it's not making them happy. So they've wasted all this time and all this effort in a direction that's not even making them happy. Well, what it seems like you're saying, and I've talked about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I I don't like it because it's very static, but I do like it because it's very visual. And what it really sounds like to me is that you know, people tend to play these roles and they go after super hard. They go after the safety and the physiological needs. So they try to get more money. They try to get better benefits. They try to get better health insurance. They try to get a better retirement plan. These sorts of things, thinking that if they do those, it will lead to love and belonging, esteem, self-actualization, self-transcendence so that you're helping other people. But in reality, what I hear you say is that that may not be the best road to take. It's almost like you're saying, hey, flip this thing upside down. Realize what you need. So be, you know, actualize yourself. Understand yourself. Figure out what you need and the esteem and the love and belonging, all that stuff. If you can hit those marks, now you start building those other things. You'll The things will come. The, the money will be there. The benefits will be there. You'll have a roof over your head but you'll be doing it in a way that all these other parts of being a human being are fulfilled. Yes, exactly. Because what do we do as human beings, as whether uh, as a father, as a husband, as a wife, um, as a mother, we end up, and most people believe that human beings are selfish. They're actually not. And if you take a look at most people's lives, they actually give to other people quite a bit. And so we spend so much time and energy focused on other people, especially if you have kids, if you have a spouse, that we don't take enough time to take care of ourselves. And if we don't take enough time to take care of ourselves, if we don't master ourselves, we don't have as much potential to give to other people. So it's this vicious cycle that comes. I really tell, show people how to step back and take a look at how they want to structure their life in a way that they get what they want. And so when people get what they want from life, 
they can actually give more to other individuals and actually and actually be more effective at work. People are just working backwards these days because a person can be stuck in their, whether it's their nine to five job and then take their kids to soccer or hockey, whatever that is. And by the time their day is done, they have little time for themselves. You just said something, something key there I wanted to hit on real quick before we move on, which is you help people to step back and take a look at how they've structured their life so that they can get what they want so they end up giving more My question would be, how do you get people to do that? There's so much momentum people have built up in their lives. Going to work eight to five, doing the job, working hard, working overtime, working on weekends, answering emails on their phone at night, that sort of thing. They've got so much momentum. They're in this little rut. How do you kind of get them out of that, slow them down, or have them at least take some time to put on a different lens to do this? What do you do to get people to shift a little bit so they can, they can really look at themselves? Yeah, the first, the first thing is that the people that I work with are already wanting change. They know whatever they're doing for them is not working right now. And so it's really breaking down their beliefs because, and I think you talked about this at the beginning, is every single person has a story. So what I do is I really work with them from a neuroscience and psychology perspective and, and really go to the STEM of who they believe they are. If we could take a look and say, okay, you believe you are this person based on these beliefs, and we take a look and say, okay, do these beliefs actually, are they working for you? Are they actually helping you? Is your story actually benefiting you, empowering you? If it's not, let's create a new story. So I I give them information that empowers them, first of all, because awareness is the most important thing. If people understand how their brain works and how psychology works, they will be more open to actually making change. So if people understand that the majority of the way they make decisions today and the actions they take today is based on how they brain developed basically up until the time they were eight years old and their environmental conditions, when you actually show that to them and show them science, they're, they're like, wow, I didn't realize that. that. So simply put, helping them break down their beliefs and actually instilling new beliefs that actually empower them is the most important thing. And when people start getting a little bit of traction then they just, they see the world from a completely different perspective. But essentially what it is, Mike, is people are already wanting change and they know, and it's not tough to really show them that what they're doing right now is not working for them. Most people know that what they're doing right now is not working for them. They just don't know how to break out of it, or they just don't have the confidence to break out of it, or they're somewhat fearful. So giving them that, that support as well, giving them a direction is an easy way for them to step out of their comfort zone to actually go down the right path. Yeah, that is really an interesting way to put that just because I've talked so much about how we assign these behaviors and beliefs to the roles we play. And what I really find interesting is that you have said and you found that since we're young, these belief systems are kind of instilled in us. And then you said something that's really been, that, that's really cool is that you help them break down their beliefs, instill new beliefs. And what I, what I think you glossed over that I caught, and I think some of the audience may have caught also, is that once they get a little bit of traction, it's almost like they start shifting their direction. That, I think, is one of the key components of self-transformation is we do assign ourselves new roles. We assign new beliefs to those roles, or we change the beliefs and behaviors of a role we already play. 
And then once those things become normalized, once we realize, hey, these are the behaviors that go with this new role or go with the role that I want to transition to, once we start getting that traction, as you stated, once we start normalizing those beliefs, it seems like now that you, you've done that, you kind of change the trajectory of your life a little bit. Now, the, the change sounds like it may not be uh, 100% change overnight. It may be a short little change, but it seems like you, you turn that big ship just a little bit, and as you work with people, those beliefs become more and more part of who they are. Yes, absolutely. So I have a, I have a nine point system that I use um, from the techniques from the mindfulness, the psychology and the neuroscience that we really work through one step at a time. And once we get to the, by the time we're done at the, the ninth step, people do become, they live life a completely from a completely different perspective. So it doesn't happen overnight. Um, and, and so basically what you said too, I, I, at the age of 17, I was a personal trainer. And I realized real fast that at that time, I could give people the strategies and the tactics to lose weight, gain muscle, do whatever it was, but a lot of people wouldn't do that. It's a very interesting thing what happened. So if you take a look at exercising, for someone that hasn't really exercised, they find it very difficult for the first little bit, especially if they're not seeing results, if the pounds aren't coming off. So if someone's trying to lose weight and they're working out and they've gone for two weeks and they're not seeing the weight come off, they become somewhat discouraged. But the moment that they lose a, uh, one size on their belt, something clicks in their brain. And they say to themselves, I see change. And then they start getting hooked on it. And so when people start seeing the benefits of their change, that's when the momentum really starts. So it's just creating that momentum initially. That is, I would say it's the toughest part. But once you get through that, everything else just kind of starts working off itself. Yeah, it sounds like it's a really important part and it's difficult, but then it begins to just be normalized and then that momentum builds and they constantly hone those things that they have recognized that they need to start doing. So it's really interesting how this how this kind of works in in the real world. I mean, you're doing this for real. It's not just a theory and it's not just a book that's out there. It's about you're seeing this change in people and people are getting benefit from it. So what kind of benefits are you seeing when people do this? Is it just happiness? Is it just emotional stability? Is it better relationships? What actually happens when people start to shift these beliefs and behaviors into something that is more positive, that leads them toward a more purposeful existence? Yes. So the first one is, is having a stronger direction or clarity about life itself. So being able to know that people are, are meant to be happy in life. And a lot of people don't believe that they are meant to be happy, that they don't deserve happiness. So having clarity in life is a first step. And then the confidence. So many people lack the confidence in terms of whether it's attaining a goal or just being more, having more self-esteem. So boosting that confidence is, is, for me, that is the most fulfilling thing that I see change in people because they just, they walk differently. They talk differently. They experience life differently. The other pieces are they have better relationships. Hands down, for sure, a lot of the work that I do is on the relationship side. So their intimate relationships are a lot better. They become better fathers, better husbands, um, better wives. And so, uh, you know, better mothers. That, that is, a, you know, a direct impact of what the work, of the work that we do, as well as 
becoming more effective leaders. So whether that's a manager, whether that's a CEO, whether that's a, an entrepreneur or business owner, they become more effective in terms of leading other people. And so all of these things, so there's four things, pillars that, I, that the male entrepreneur stands for that we really help people get. One is family. So creating the, the love, the experiences and fun with the people that, that you love the most. And then we work on the vitality, which is having the energy the emotional energy, the mental energy, the spiritual energy to actually, and the physical energy to actually live life to the fullest. And then we also go into the freedom part. So another thing that we're working, obviously, uh, the work that I do specifically with entrepreneurs is helping them make more money, but not just money itself, but setting up their businesses or their, their lives so that they have more time and more options to enjoy their money. Because money in itself is worthless unless you actually have the freedom to enjoy it, to do what you want, when you want. And the, the, the biggest thing for me, and this comes from my own personal life, is really living with passion. So now they get out of bed. People get out of bed. They have a purpose in life. They are happier in life. They have more energy as they get out of bed. They're not dragging themselves around in the morning. And so they know that they're actually having an impact on the people around them, the, the, whether it's their children, their friends, their family members. These are all things that I see people uh, able to do as a result of the work that we do together. And it just, it's just creating a better life for individuals, the communities as a whole. Well, and I think it's pretty important to hit a couple things there too, because you said something that I've heard a lot. Hey, people are meant to be happy. We want to be happy. We want all this stuff. But what I've really found and what I believe is that people are not wired just to be happy without worry, without any of these issues, I think, and my experience has been that people are actually happy when they're going through struggle to attain a more purposeful goal. So struggle seems to be a lot of times separated from this notion of happiness, but really what it sounds like, and even in, in what you're doing, is that that struggle, that change, that clarity of what your purpose is going to be it does come with struggle and there is a journey you have to go on and there's things you have to overcome and it's not easy, but that that happiness comes from that. It's not just a, a lack of problems that allows you to be happy. It's actually a purposeful, driven, mindful way to deal with those issues that actually leads people to be, be happier. Exactly. And that's why mindfulness is a core component in terms of what I focus on. It's one of the three pillars that I focus on. Mindfulness is so important because you're absolutely right. The brain is not wired. The brain is wired for seven things, right? It's to keep you safe, protect you from disease, to get social status, to affiliate with other social groups, to find a mate, to keep a mate, and to protect your, your kin. Those are the seven things your brain is designed. Nowhere in there does it say happiness. And so people just have to be conscious and what I say, live up beyond their brain because you are beyond your mind. The mind is something that was evolved and that has evolved over millions of years. And so that's why mindfulness is so important. There's a concept that I really focus on in the work that I do. And it's, it's a concept of unfocusing, which is letting go of your thoughts, which you can do it in so many different ways, whether it's traditional mindfulness methods or meditation, but letting go of your thoughts is the most important thing that a person can do because then that just slows your mind down and allows your mind to actually start recover 
recovering itself, the body starts to heal itself, and you actually are allowing yourself to be in that natural state that you were designed to be in, which is a low stress state. If you can do that more and more often, you will start to, you will actually be happier. That's the most important thing. I know for a fact, and I can share personal examples that, and I've been a a practitioner of mindfulness and meditation for a long time. My wife was not. And within a period, my wife lived with quite a bit of fear and anxiety in her life to the point where it had, she had physical ailments. And my wife's a nurse practitioner. So she understands biology. She understands chemistry. She understands medicine. But she was having all these ailments that she was dealing with because of the anxiety and the stress levels. And within a short period of time, within a period of even a, a month or two months, I saw a completely different woman stem from the meditation and the mindfulness work that we were doing. Well, and I think that's a, a very positive lesson people can learn is that sometimes we don't take the time to give the brain the rest it needs or give our mind the rest it needs or to somehow focus on on a wave to be unfocused. I know that sounds a little uh, out there, but to, mm-hmm. to focus on being unfocused is really what you're talking about, a, a way to clear out some of those, those things that are impacting a brain that, although it has evolved to what it is, really hasn't changed in millennia on how we're programmed as human beings. So what you're, what you're really, it sounds to me you're saying is this is a way that people can almost reset or, or have the brain get into a state where it, it needs to be so that it can deal with these other things. Because if you're talking about safety, social group belonging, protecting your kin, all of these things are stressful things. Mm-hmm. Like you, the brain also needs time to, to kind of pull back away from that. Yes. And there's so much research that has come out now with neuroscience that shows the benefit of meditation in itself and the gamma brainwaves and how it actually, for most people, what ends up happening is we live in a state of, of high cortisol, obviously impacting the physical body. And it also impacts, there's a thing called your brainwaves, but there's also your heart. Your heart has a variability wave, which is similar to a brainwave, you can call it. And in most cases, majority of people live their lives in those brainwaves are not in coherence with your heart variability. But when you go into a state of meditation or mindfulness, those actually sync up, which is actually phenomenal. So your heart and your mind actually syncs up. And what that does is it takes your body to a completely different level, a state of, from a, from a spirituality perspective, it's, it's, they talk about bliss. From a scientific perspective, it's just a state of healing. It's a state where your body can just actually start producing positive hormones and chemicals that actually starts to heal the body. And that's so important these days. And I'm a very firm believer. I think what we're going to see over the next decade is that, you know, over the last two decades, we've, we've seen yoga become very popular because from a health perspective, it's kind of come on as a trend over the next decade. I'm very confident that mindfulness is going to become a normal practice for people because people are so stressed these days. They need a way to actually step back and actually reset themselves. So we're, we're going to see that, I think, more and more going forward. Well, and I, I really like where we're going here. So the next thing I want to talk about is this notion of stress. And we've talked about stress and we've talked about relationships. We've talked about mindfulness. But stress is something I think is kind of misunderstood because we've talked about 
we've kind of skirted two different ideas of stress here. One we've talked about is distress, right? The negative kind of stress, the things are gnawing at us. We don't have time to, to break away from that. We're not being mindful. We're not giving the brain time to rest to deal with those things. But the other side of stress is positive, eustress, a stress mm-hmm. that actually is is a positive thing. We we touched on some of that, like the the need for people to have struggle to attain a goal, and that that kind of stress is a good kind of stress. And what I've talked about before is how that good kind of stress is something that's positive for us, but can be made even more positive by the relationships that we have when we're in a group that these tight social bonds allow us to deal with stress in a positive way. So what I'd like us to do is maybe talk a little bit about the power of relationships. I mean, you talked about how relationships actually improve, and it sounds like they improve not only in families, but they also improve in business relationships. So there's this notion of relationships and building stronger bonds and improving those relationships, how does having those trusting, nurturing, open relationships that are more positive, how does that impact the stress that people are dealing with either in work or when they're undergoing a transformation such as this? How do relationships impact that? Oh, uh, so there's tons of studies that have been done around the social relationships and longevity. Of, of life for obviously the how long you live in life and they've taken a look at communities around the world that have the highest lifespans or the longest lifespans and they've related a lot of that not only to the diet but also the social relationships that people have so if you want to live a longer life there is direct there is direct research that has now shown that the depth of relationships, the quality of your relationships impacts how long and how healthy you are in life. So right off the bat there, that can help you live a better life, a longer life with that relationship. And part of that is because it, we're social beings. That's how our brain was dissolved as well. As I said, our mind is, is, is designed to affiliate with other people within a social circle. And when we pull ourselves away from relationships, we're actually setting we're doing something opposite of what our brain is designed and that will create stress from that standpoint. So as you mentioned, stress isn't a bad thing. Ongoing stress is a bad thing. That's what people need to avoid is the ongoing stress. You need to have positive stress in your life to actually grow as an individual. But these relationships are really what help you reduce some of that stress. And it's simply put, if I can put it in an easy way, it's because people share their their load with other people in their social circle. People bear the weight together rather than bearing the weight on their own individual shoulders. When you do that, when you have people to talk to, to share your pain with, to actually share experiences with, that has been shown to increase positive hormones in your body and actually reduce the stressful hormones in your body. When I think that's a pretty positive and powerful lesson for leaders to really learn because, you know, so much today I hear negatives about the workplace and people blame it on generational things, millennials and all this sort of stuff. When in reality, I don't, I don't care how you label somebody. I believe they're still programmed the way we always have been as social storytellers, as social animals that can fabricate and construct reality with each other And I think what you just said there was a pretty powerful lesson because if we're talking about stress and we're talking about 
workplace experience and we're talking about how to make a business successful, it really seems like all those things can be impacted positively if we create an environment where relationships are actually good at work, where people do trust each other, they are open with each other, and they can, and I love the way you say this, they can share their load with each other. It sounds like that is a one of those really beneficial things that could happen in a business. Yes, social relationships are so, so important. Um, and that's why they say the, the five closest people around you is who you eventually become. So take a look at the people that are closest to in your social circle. This is a really interesting topic to have with people. I have very difficult conversations with individuals because a lot of times their intimate relationship, their partner is in a positive relationship. So they're having, whether it's marital challenges or whatever it may be, but that impacts them. That is the biggest impact on a person is, is who you're in an intimate relationship with. Or it could be a mother, it could be a father, or it could be a mother-in-law, or it could even be a child or, that you have. How do you distance yourself from people that you know have a negative impact on your life or drain your energy? That's a really tough conversation to have. And people do need to realize that the people closest to you, you need to realize that the people closest to you have a direct impact on your energy levels, on your mental state, on your health. So it's very important to pick very carefully who you spend and how much time you spend around people. Well, and as we kind of wrap this episode up, I really love the direction it's gone because we started out talking about individuals and how you help them become more mindful and how you help them realize what beliefs might be hurting them and how to switch those beliefs. And then it kind of transitioned into this notion of, hey, what kind of benefits do we get from maybe changing our mindset, changing some of the beliefs we have, having some more purposeful action, and how that positively impacts relationships. And then the importance of relationships to things like stress and success and how we deal with life and who we ultimately become. So as we wrap this up, there's been so much value in this entire episode that if somebody's listening right now, doesn't matter what they do for a living, doesn't matter if they're the CEO or if they're in janitorial services, it doesn't really matter. But maybe they heard something today that's like, you know what, I do need to be more mindful or I do need to change the behaviors that I believe go with what I do every day, or I do need to somehow improve the relationships at work where I spend eight to 12 hours of my day. If they want to make one change as soon as this episode is over, what one thing could they do to maybe start moving down this more positive road of mindfulness or behavioral belief systems or relationship building? Is there something you can tell them to, to really impact their life that they can start doing right now? Yes, I would say the easiest and simple thing, and you touched on it, so I'm, just, I'm going to reiterate it, is really practice mindfulness and meditation. Hands down, meditation will change your life if you stick to it, if you actually do it on a continuous basis. It's not going to give you the results that you want immediately, just like working out, but I promise you, if you stick with it, and you, you will see the benefits. You will see how your mind starts to shift, how you have fear, uh, feel more inner peace, how you feel more happiness, more joy, how you will be. The most important thing for a human being to practice today in this age, Mike, and for those of you out there listening right now, 
is to be fully present in the moment. It's the here and now. That is the most fundamental thing you can do. If I was to say from a, the meditation will help you do that. So practice meditation, but practice being present. The more present you are in the here and now, the more effective you will be, the happier you will be. People will be gravitating towards you. You'll be a more effective mother, father, husband, you name it. Be present and that will change your life. Well, and I think that's a great place to kind of leave off with this episode. You give us a lot of stuff to chew on here, a lot of things to digest. And I know a lot of people listen to these episodes and then re-listen to them when they hear good things they want to get more information about. So if they hear something in here, and I know they will, that they want to reach out to you about or have more questions about, what kind of services do you offer? How do they get in touch with you? What, what can they do to maybe build a relationship with you or use you for, for some kind of service? How do they get in touch with you and, and what do you provide to people? Yes, absolutely. So you can go onto my website, which is themailentrepreneur.com or purdeepsanga.com. Feel free to email me through the contact box there and I will respond personally myself. I do offer coaching programs. I have one-on-one coaching programs with individuals. I also have a group coaching program, which I'm actually launching in June here. And that's a 12-week program where I take individuals, this one's specific for males, where I take males uh, through a 12-week program to really transform them into what I call the man and the person that they want to be. So really giving them the confidence, the beliefs, the the stories, basically getting them more present, being able to have more um, energy in life. Those are the types of things I do um, from a coaching perspective. You can also take a look at my podcast. You're more than welcome, whether you're a man or woman, to listen. It's called, uh, you can go to malepodcast.com and listen to the stuff because we talk about everyday stuff that a lot of people don't talk about. Well, that's great information. It sounds like there's more resources out there for people through your podcast, through your website, through contacting you. I'll have links to those things in the show notes. So I really wanted to thank you for coming on. I think it's been a great episode. Yeah, thank you for having me. I truly appreciate it. I wish you all the best. Thank you. Well, everybody out there, I know there's been a great episode. So if you get a chance, please help us out share the podcast with folks, leave a review and rate it. I would greatly appreciate it. It helps other people find these great interviews, just like the one we had with Perdeep. This is really good stuff. And if you need anything from me, you can always reach out via my website at crucialtalks.com or you can connect with me on email, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, whatever is easiest for you. So have a great week. And remember, if we want to understand behavior, we need to understand what drives people. Please review, share, and subscribe to the Crucial Talks podcast. Visit CrucialTalks.com.